Welcome to our Grace Baptist Church live stream. It's good to be with you this morning. And it sure looks like in a few weeks we'll be gathered again together here in our building. And I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see your faces. And it's going to be an exciting day when we get to gather together again and have church as normal. But in the meantime, I'm glad that you've joined our live stream. I do want to make a recommendation for those of you who are watching on Facebook The YouTube feed is much better. Facebook really compresses the sound and compresses the image quality. So if you just go to gracebaptistsydney.com and click on the YouTube live stream, it'll take you right there. Or you can go to YouTube and search for Grace Baptist Church, Sydney, Ohio, and you'll see our our page and you can watch it there. And it, it is much better, especially if you're trying to watch it on a television or something like that. So it's really good to have you here with us this morning. Open your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, We looked at this passage a few weeks ago, and I wanted to revisit it. Uh, There are a few things that I'd like to point out that I think are really going to help us. And one one of the things that I really want us to do as we get ready to relaunch, as we get ready to gather together and go back out into our communities... I want us to take this as a real reset opportunity. If you remember, we had that as our theme a few years ago, and we used the passage from 1 Thessalonians, I'm sorry, from the book of Titus, where Paul had sent Titus to set in order the things that are wanting. Set in order the things that are wanting. And at that time, we did that in ministries at Grace Baptist. We kind of redid everything. I think it was 2014. But what I'd kind of like us to do as a church as individual uh, members of the church, is for us to set in order some things that are wanting in our lives. And by going back to this text that we, I think we launched this uh, live stream series with this text. By going back to it, there's some things that I think are really going to help us. So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll read the text, Second Corinthians chapter 4. Lord, thank you for your word. And Lord, uh, those in our church family that are hurting right now, they're laid off. It's hard to get the benefits from the government right now. It's a scary time for people. And so, Father, I pray that uh, this message will be an encouragement to them and a help. But, Lord, I pray that you will help them. Then those who are sick, Lord, I pray that you can help them. And I'm thankful that there's just very, very little of that in our community. And uh, we're very thankful for that. Lord, please be with our leaders as they make decisions. And then, Lord, help us as we come back together here in a few weeks that we will be stronger than ever. Lord, thank you for your word again. Help us as we study it now. In Jesus' name, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's start reading in verse 1. We're going to read through verse 6. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The first thing that I want you to see in this text, now remember remember what we're trying to think about. We're getting ready to come out of this shutdown. 
We're getting ready to go back out into the world and to be interacting with our, with the members of our community, whether it's coworkers or shopkeepers. We're getting ready to go back out into the world. So the first thing that I want you to see is that I have some things. As a believer, I have some things. The first thing I have is mercy. Verse 1, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. There's a reason we don't faint. We don't faint because we have received mercy. You see, if I got what I deserve, I would be punished. I would be sent to hell. Man, I'm so glad that I have received mercy. And I'm thankful that you have received mercy if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Because I have mercy, I have power to continue. One of the things that I think you will notice, those of you who have been uh, you know, shut down in your house, you're not out very much, I think you're going to be amazed at the lack of energy you have when you go back out into the world. Well, we need to understand that our power to stand for the Lord doesn't come from us. It's based in the mercy that we have received and the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit that he gave us when he saved us. So I have some things. I have mercy, and because I have mercy, I don't faint. And we're going to talk about that fainting some more in a minute. But not only do I have mercy, I have light. Look at the light that we have in verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts, look at this, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I have a light that lost people don't have. I need to share that light with them. I need to be that light. Now, being that light isn't some Oprah Winfrey, you know, uh, a new age, weird kind of teaching. No, it's the light of Christ. God has given us the light of Christ. We need to shine that on this dark world. I have light. But not only do I have light, so I have mercy, I have light, but I also have knowledge of Christ. And not just knowledge, I have the knowledge of Christ. Verse 6 again, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You see, we know things about God that the world does not know. It's interesting, often you'll hear someone describe God as this horrible tyrant, and they're an atheist. And, well, I'm an atheist about that God, too. God is not a horrible tyrant. God is, is loving, he's just, he's merciful. But he will judge. He will judge. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if I said this Wednesday night, but uh, John MacArthur, in his commentary on Hebrews chapter 10, he was talking about how people look at the Old Testament God as a God of wrath and judgment and the New Testament God as a God of grace and mercy. And yes, God is a God of grace and mercy, but he's the God of grace and mercy in the Old Testament too. It's interesting. We know more about the judgment of God from the New Testament than we do the Old Testament. It's interesting. So people who make statements like that, they just don't know the God of the Bible. They simply do not understand the scriptures. We do. We know the real God. We have been given that knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's our responsibility to live that and to share that. So I have mercy and I have light. I have the knowledge of Christ. But I also have a ministry. I have a ministry. I have a purpose to fulfill. Look at verse 1 again. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, this ministry, and, and we learn what that ministry is. Look at chapter 5. And look at what it says in verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now look at this. 
And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We've been given a ministry, and that is a ministry of reconciliation. It's wonderful. Here in the next couple of weeks, we're all going to be reconciled back together. We're going to come back together. We're going to see each other. And I can't wait for that time. But you're also going to be reconciled with your co-workers, with those shopkeepers, with all the people that you interact with on a daily basis. And you have been given a purpose in life, a ministry in life. That ministry comes from God, and it is the ministry of reconciliation. As we have been reconciled to God by Jesus Christ, now we are to reconcile people to God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I have mercy, and I have light, I have the knowledge of Christ, I have a ministry, and I can do this. I can do this, because not only do I have some things, I am some things. I, this is what God has done in me. He has changed me. I'm a new creature. I am some things. As we saw a couple of weeks ago, I am an epistle. Look at chapter 3 and verse 2. Ye are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. An epistle is a letter. We are a living letter. We go out into the world, and people who would never read the Bible are reading you and me. And when they know that we're believers, they're seeing what our life actually says. We are a written letter of the grace of God. I am an epistle, known and read of all men. I am being read. Here's a good question. What does my epistle say? What does my letter say to the world? Here's what it's supposed to say, chapter 4 and verse 2. So, verse 1, for the context, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, look at this, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. I am commending myself to the conscience of the people that I see. <clears throat> Tonight, 6 o'clock, I start a, a drive-in Bible conference at Bible Baptist Church in Marysville. This had been scheduled for, I don't know, a year, and so the pastor said, come on ahead. They're going to have about 90 cars in the parking lot. And uh, I will be preaching from a booth. And they will be listening on the radio. I'm going to be preaching there. I'll be preaching there uh, tonight, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, we won't do our regular Bible study. It will be, you will tune in to the Bible Baptist Church of Marysville, Ohio, live stream on Facebook. Bible Baptist Church of Marysville, Ohio, and that'll be at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. But as I go over there tonight, I'm going to be interacting with the pastor. There will just be a couple of people that I'll interact with that are caring for the technology and the ministry. But even in that limited environment, I'm an epistle. These are people that have a pastor, but now another pastor is coming to speak to them, and I am going to be representing what a, what a Bible-believing pastor is in a time of trouble to those people. 
I am representing something. And one of the key things that I need to make sure that I do as a representative of Jesus Christ, as a minister of Jesus Christ, is to not handle the Word of God deceitfully. I need to take the passage in its context and explain to that church what God has said from His Word. I don't want to handle that deceitfully. This week we had five guys come in and I trained them in discipleship. I taught them how we do our discipleship ministry. And it was about eight hours of teaching and one of the men practices uh, Calvinism. And I didn't know that, so we got in a discussion, and I kept just trying to point him to the context of the passages that he was looking at. I'm not allowed to interpret those passages. I am only allowed, the Bible says, no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. So my job is to look at that text in its context, in its, in its grammatical meaning, and understand that's what it means. What God said, that's what it means. I don't change the words. I believe the words. I don't handle it deceitfully. I hold to the meaning of the text. And this is what we are all supposed to do. So remember, I am an epistle, and I am being read. What does my book say? So, does your book say that you've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty? In your private life, when no one's looking, are you living the faith that you profess outwardly? Have you renounced those hidden things of dishonesty? Are you walking in craftiness? That is, that you are choosing to deceive people in the way that you live. You're not really a believer. You're a fake believer. Man, don't do that. Wouldn't that be a horrible thing? That's your book. Nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but... That's what we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to be those things. But by manifestation, by making plain, living out of the truth commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God? Am I living my faith around those people? Man, you have a reset. You have a new opportunity. So let's say that you haven't been living your faith. You might not be living out a, a, a wicked life in front of those people, but you're not commending yourself to their conscience as a child of God. You've got a new chance to do that now. What an amazing opportunity. I am some things. I'm an epistle. Not only am I an epistle, but I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. Remember, in Ephesians chapter 2, we're not going to go there just for time, but it says, and, you, and ye hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. That you were dead spiritually. When you get saved, now you're alive spiritually. You see, the people that we're dealing with out in the world who aren't saved, they're not spiritual. They're in the natural world. We're, we are in the natural world, but we also now have contact to the spiritual world. But we've denounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If I'm spiritual, I understand that I have a ministry. That I am, I am a living soul, a spirit of God, uh, that, that has the Spirit of God in me, representing the Spirit of God in the world. And I'm supposed to be light, but if my light's hid, if the gospel is hid that God has given me, it's hid to the lost. Folks, let's make sure that we remember that. But not only that, but I'm able. I'm not only, I have this ministry and I'm spiritual, but I'm able to do this ministry, chapter 3 and verse 6, who also hath made us, look at that word, able ministers of the New Testament. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. I'm so glad that we're not under the law. 
When the law came, I died, Paul said. But I have life through the Spirit of God. Praise the Lord for that. I'm able. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Praise God for that. So I am some things. I'm an epistle. I'm spiritual. I'm able. But here's the good news. There are people that understand that you're supposed to be telling people about Christ, but possibly because of the way that you've lived in front of other people, or possibly because of the way that you've done something in the past, you don't believe that you have the right to do it. Look at chapter 3 and verse six, verse 17. Now, the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Man, I'm so glad we're free. I'm free from sin. I'm free from the penalty of sin. And that frees me to use that ministry or to fulfill that ministry of reconciliation that God has given me. I am, I am an epistle. I'm spiritual. I'm able. I'm free. But remember, I'm light. I am light. Look at, keep your place here in 2 Corinthians. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I am light. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8, the Bible says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Folks, let's be different than the world. Let's live as light in this dark world. And i got to tell you, there's a big difference between light and darkness. That light stands out. And here's what the light does. The light not only stands out, but it reveals the darkness. It reveals the evil deeds of the darkness. People don't like it when you reveal their evil deeds. You don't reveal their evil deeds by saying anything. You reveal their evil deeds by de being different than they are and speaking the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am light. So I have some things. I have mercy. I have light. I have knowledge of Christ. I have a ministry. And I can do this because I am some things. I am an epistle. I am spiritual. I am able. I am free. I am light. But I must do some things. I must do some things. Look at chapter 4. We're back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1. See that? Therefore. Therefore. I must do some things. Because I have a ministry. Because I have received mercy. Therefore, I must not faint. Verse 1 again, chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we faint not. What does it mean to faint? It doesn't mean that in this context, you're not just going to pass out. The idea is fainting is failing to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty. Fainting is walking in craftiness. Fainting is handling the word of God dishonestly because it gets hard to live as light in a dark world. But because I've received mercy, I'm not going to faint. Therefore, I must manifest the truth. Truth. I must not hide the glorious gospel. Look at verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom? These people that are lost? The God of this world, that Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Man, we need to understand something. This ministry, not fainting, I must manifest the truth and I must not hide the glorious gospel. What's wonderful about that glorious gospel is it's more glorious than the darkness. It's more glorious than the darkness and it's more glorious than the law. Remember, the law, all the law can do is reveal sin. The law can't save you. Only the blood of Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection can save you. What the law could not do, the gospel can. Look at chapter 3 and verse 8. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit 
be rather glorious. The glorious gospel, the ministration of that spirit, <clears throat> of that spirit, that is more glorious, obviously, than the law. That's the context of verse 8. And it's so important that we understand that we have a job to do more glorious than the law. <clears throat> so in order to do that, I must know some things. I must know some things. Look, <clears throat> I must know some things about Satan. Do you see that in verse 4? In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. I must know some things about Satan. And, and remember, we don't believe Satan's omniscient. Satan is not omnipotent. Satan can't be tormenting us and someone across the globe at the same time. He can't do that. But he's established a system, this world system that the Bible talks about, that the gravity of the world system is always away from God and always away from righteousness. So I need to know some things about Satan and how he works. And I know this, he has distracted me. Whether it's through entertainment or even through trouble, Satan distracts me. And then he has accused me. The Bible talks about in Revelation chapter 12 how this accuser has accused the brethren day and night. He has accused me. He's discouraged me. I know that in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. And when I focus on my flesh, then I can't do the work of God. He discourages me. And then he has subdued me. What does that mean? He's robbed me of my zeal. The Bible says to the church at Laodicea, he's knocking on the door, knocking on the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And what does he say to them? Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. We lack zeal. We, we lack excitement for the ministry that God has given me. He has subdued me. But then he has also entangled me. You know, we all have houses that we got to keep up. We have cars that we have to keep up. We have children that we need to educate. We have jobs that we need to do. And, as, and those are all good things. I'm glad God gave me a house. I'm glad God has given me a car. I'm glad God gave me children. I'm glad that I have a job. All of those things are important. And yet the blessings of God, when we allow this world, world system, and Satan's plan to take the blessings of God to keep us from fulfilling the will of God, folks, that's a shame. That's a dangerous place for us to be living. He has entangled me. So I must know some things about Satan. That's the negative side. But I also must know some things about Jesus. What a wonderful thing. I know he has saved me. Jesus has saved me. Jesus has cleansed me. Jesus has freed me. Jesus has called me. Jesus has empowered me. I need to know those things because every one of those things overrules everything that Satan is doing. Praise God for that. I am light and I am to be light in the world. The last thing I need to know, I need to know some things about Satan. I need to know some things about Jesus. But I also need to know that I am necessary. I am necessary. You see, in God's plan... He has chosen to use us to do his work in the world. He could do it without us, but he has given us that great privilege. As the Bible says, he has counted us faithful, placing us in the ministry. He has given us this ministry of reconciliation. I am necessary. I must be light in the darkness. Folks, I hope that you're going to be light in the darkness. Let's reset not the church. Let's reset who we are as we launch back out into the world. And let's make sure that we are fulfilling our ministry to be light in the darkness. That we're making manifest. That our epistle is written with really big letters so that people can see us and know what we're supposed to be out in the world. I'm going to pray for you this week. That as you prepare spiritually to go back out in the world, that you are renewed in your desire to be a minister of the grace of God the glorious gospel to a dark and dying world. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, please go to the Lord. Place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone.
Call on Jesus to be your Savior, realizing that your baptism can't save you, your church membership can't save you, your good works certainly can't save you because we don't have any. That we deserve hell, but Jesus Christ died on that cross. And he was buried and he rose again the third day, proving that he was, is, and always will be God. If you'll go to him and say, Lord Jesus, I know that you're God. I deserve hell. Please, Jesus, you paid for my sin on the cross. I believe that. Please save me. I confess my sin to you. I repent and I call on you as my Lord and Savior. Please reach out to Jesus. He will save you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. And Lord, I pray that you will use it in people's lives through this amazing medium of the internet. Lord, I pray that you will change someone's life. Lord, I'm excited to see how many people we can lead to Christ as we come out of this shutdown, renewed, energized, empowered, ready to go. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's been great to be with you again this morning. Don't forget Wednesday night, Bible Baptist Church of Marysville, Ohio, for the live stream. And be in prayer for me this week as I preach. Don't forget to give, whether online or mail it in. There's lots of ways for you to do that. Let's keep the ministry going. Pray for our missionaries around the world. Understand they're locked down too. Let's pray for them. It's been good to be with you. See you on Wednesday.